0: Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3
1: thanks for joining us on Money FM. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Well, jewelry has always been symbolic, but also valuable. The primary role of jewelry, of course, is to help you look good, but there still exists a category of adornments that have held on to ancient and romantic notions of bestowing fortune on the wearer. I am pretty sure that you can guess what I'm about to talk about. Yes, it's all about jade. There is an old Chinese saying that goes, gold has value, But jade is invaluable. It's traditionally revered in many Asian cultures where it's considered even more precious because it gives you protection from evil. That's what I heard growing up anyway, from some aunties and uncles in the neighborhood. But what value is it, and why is it getting more popular among different groups of people? Today, we're going to be finding out more from a pair of sisters, Genevieve Yeo, who is founder and CEO of GenK Jewelry, and her younger sister, Katie Yeo, who's chief designer at GenK Jewelry. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. Thank you. Okay, before we get to talking all about Jade, I'd like to find out a little bit more about Genevieve and, of course, Katie. How did you guys get into the jewellery business in the first place? Because I was reading a little bit about you and I understand. Genevieve, you actually worked in tech. Yes. So many
0: years back, about eight years ago, I first started Janky Jewellery. Jenky Jewellery is about eight years old. I have been in the tech industry for many years. And back then I was trying to start a family. So thinking that I need to step back from all the stress So that's where I quit with a, you know, I quit with a lip of
1: pain. Yeah, so that's how Janky first started. Okay, but why jewellery in your case, Genevieve? Uh,
0: For myself, because I've always loved um, interesting jewellery, something that is um, one of a kind. So I thought, hey, you know, since um, I have some interest and picking up a new hobby. And coincidentally, Katie, who is also a good jewellery designer herself, and that's where I know we, the two of us you know talked about, hey, why don't we start to do up some jewellery, mm. doing some handicrafts? Ah, that's where we start to do up interesting jewellery uh, that was worn by ourselves back then.
1: Right, right. Thought, yeah. <laughs> Katie, I understand you actually went to art school. Yes. So how did that translate into jewellery design?
2: I actually went. Okay, coincident. Okay, I wouldn't say coincidentally. It was quite interesting. I wanted to be a fashion designer. <sighs> I took up the wrong course. <laughs> only to find out a year later that I was in for jewelry, uh, major in jewelry designing. So how did that know, happen, I, man? What, I know, right? Did I you know, just right? click
1: on the wrong thing during <laughs> your application? It was.
2: It was. It was a past. Uh, the young me uh, naive and then just went ahead and a year later I realized that oh my goodness I went to the wrong course okay. um, but along the way I found out that hey eh, at the end of the day it's about creating something to physical so I have something in my mind and I lo- love to create it into a, a a 3D thing you know so graphic wasn't really for me and uh, initially being young uh, with limited knowledge I thought fashion would be the, way, the only way but when I was um, in touch with jewelry and I was like you know what this is it mm. so that's how it started yeah
1: but there are so many major jewelry players here in Singapore and internationally as well what yeah. were some of the challenges of setting this up and then becoming successful at it
2: Prior to working with Jen, or should I say setting up the business with Jen, I was in big, with big players from uh, chain store to high-end jewellers to meeting Datuk and uh, Kings. I, I have been there. Um, it is definitely a very uh, challenging business, but I always believe, probably because both of us have this entrepreneurial blood in us, we always believe that there is always a niche so we actually fine tune our niche and we work very hard with uh, on that angle and that's how we are, where we are today. Uh, following the trend blindly will not technically succeed. Uh, so we focus, we're we'll very laser focused on finding our, our niche, which is uh, Jade. Mm, okay. Mm.
1: So that leads me very nicely into talking all about Jade. You're saying that it could be <laughs> the new best friend of every woman on earth. Tell me more. Why? Genevieve, <laughs> perhaps you could step in here.
0: Sure. So what happened is that um, for the longest time, we all know that diamonds have always been marketed and portrayed as a girl's best friend. And whether or not if Jade can become, you know, the next worthy contender to take over that title... I generally would say that not only jade itself, but possibly any gems formed by Mother Nature could potentially be labored as the next girl's best friend. Mm. But that comes hand in hand with intensive good marketing strategies as well as a very good demand.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. Because when I was growing up, jade was what your mother or grandmother would wear. And it seemed only popular in Asia So how has that changed over the years and why?
2: I'll take over from here. I actually just came back from US Mm. and you'll be surprised, surprised, surprised. It's so big there. Mm. It's very niche, um, but it's definitely very visible considering the US is very big. So I was pretty sure that Jay is going to stay. In Asia, it has always been, I would say, probably because of tradition, because of culture. And we are Chinese or should I say in Asia, lah, huh? being more focused on family, passing down heirlooms,
1: passing on a story. Jade is here to stay from the way we see it. What do you think has led to all of this? What has popularised Jade in other cultures and countries as well? Genevieve, I think, Yes, ahead.
0: I think for us, it's going to be our modern take to it. We have seen an increasing trend of younger ladies coming to us and in fact accepting Jade to have that kind of modern twist to it. So this is something that I guess um Janky Azin from a once matronly looking piece of jam that was previously possibly worn by our grandmothers, um, has now got a new facelift, I would say. And um, you will be surprised that young couples who are getting married are coming to us to buy all these modern jade jewellery
1: mm. as their wedding jewellery. But wedding what, why do you think they're so interested? Just because it's different, do you think, Katie? I would say different and I think more importantly,
2: a message. I think basing on my observations for over the past two years, uh rejoining the company, I took a hiatus a while back. Uh I did observe that the main reason for investing in jig jewelry is really to pass on a story. When it comes to the dollars and cents, anyone can buy anything. But it's the story is very personal. So I think they want to stick to that and like hold on tight and that's why uh the trend and is there was there, and it seems like it's going going stronger than before.
1: Mm. Here's the thing though, there is a guide to identify the grade of a diamond. What mm. about for jade? I mean, there's no jade index, there's no, you know, h- how do you tell if something is worth what the person is asking for?
0: When it comes to jade, buying jade, jade is much simpler, where mm. they are classified as type A, B, or C. So grey jade will mean that they have not undergone any form of chemical treatment. Except mm-hmm. for the colorless waxing to give a smooth, luxurious look, so the, but there is no easy way to tell if the jet is classified grade A just by using the naked eye. Mm-hmm. This is why we always uh, advocate in getting the assistance from a certified gem, um, gemological institute specialist who have all the equipments
1: and specialties to test the grade grading. Plus, Genevieve, there are two types of jade, right? I mean, there are several types. I've heard of jadeite and then nephrite. So what, what are those differences? I'll take over. Technical, I'll take over. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, go so ahead. so in, in,
2: in, uh, in a simpler way of saying, uh, nephrite is actually softer. It is duller in visual. Uh, they have limit, lesser colors. Jadeite has seven main colors. But... the Final look is very different. Nephrite is softer actually. Hence therefore many times you see a lot of big carvings, you know the old ancient not ancient la like those um you know they carve those ships or horses. They tend to be using nephrite, it's hmm. easier to handle and because it's softer, it's not as durable for jewellery as alum.
1: Mm. I'd like to know about the investment value because a lot of analysts have noted that Chinese investors are actually looking at this as a real legitimate investment. And Mm. I'm just wondering, how do you value the stone? What are the various markers that are used in order to decide how much a piece of jade is worth?
2: Uh, so this is a very interesting question. Like for myself, even me as an avid jade lover since 19, uh, at the age of 19, I realized that at the end of the day, it bottoms to just one sentence. Beauty lies uh, at the eye of the beholder. Mm. So it really depends on how you see it and how you value it. I always tell customers, and even for myself, when I invest in a piece of jade, it is more like like a piece of artwork. All right. You can potentially get something that is maybe very, very reasonable, competitively priced, but you never know. It could be something that's super precious. On another hand, you could have bought something that's very expensive, high in price, but actually there are better ones out there. So especially, I think that's the reason why it's so, so interesting to be in this business is because you cannot exactly put a number to it. Mm. It is really at the end of the day, the person who buys it and how much it attracts, and what kind of memories and and feel that intrigues her? This person, when she she decides to buy it,
1: mm. but of so course, there is you... no value to
2: it. Yeah, right, like but... no value theme to it. Yeah.
1: But of course, you have to make sure it's authentic, and uh, yes. I know there's a hardness scale as well, and yes. you have to be wary of that. Is there a clarity mm. scale or anything else that investors should consider as well?
2: Uh, definitely, uh, but again, like I say, this is very subjective to mm. individuals as well. Uh, we have the icy, the, the the glassy ones. We also have the semi-opaque, the colours. There's a lot to factor in, actually. Mm. So, this is so, so wide. The spectrum is so wide to determine the price. Hence, therefore, at the end of the day, we always ask the customers,
1: what exactly you're looking for? What intrigues you? What makes you feel that you like this particular piece over the other one? What if I were to say that I just want something that will appreciate in value so that in a few years, I can sell it and make some money?
2: Wow, this is an interesting <laughs> question. because Because... Cain is a natural store, right? Right. right. And in fact, it's happening right now. Uh, we the the price has increased uh, I would dare say twenty to thirty percent in terms of raw materials. Mm.
1: It's been crazy
2: and um but that's but it,
1: that's partly because of what's happening around the world, right I mean, a lot of jade comes from Myanmar, for instance, yes, and yes. there's if there's political upheaval there, it is going to affect the world supply of jade yes. if we're seeing economic uncertainty or political uncertainty naturally, all of these things will be affected right
2: mm yes, that's right. At the end of the day, it's, it's natural. It's from the Mother Earth. So when it's done, it's gone, it's finished, and naturally the price will increase. So if you ask me something that you hold on daily to now, today, you never know. Tomorrow it, will, it might be something that it could be like of a skyrocketed price.
1: Right, okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of things before we let you guys go. And this is mm-hmm. for Genevieve. I know that you each have your own role to play, but of course it's family and I'm pretty sure just like all other business partners, you have some disagreements as well with your business partner. How easy or difficult is it to work with your sibling and how do you resolve those differences? I can see that KD is a very take charge type of person. She'll just say, I'm taking over and she'll do it. So, so how do you guys make things work? Genevieve first before we talk to Katie. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Well,
0: to start off with, Katie and I are actually very close to each other since young. We used to party together and now we get to work together. So in my personal opinion from myself, I see that there are more joys and merriments than difficulties. Well, that's also because I, the both of us, we know where our strength is. So well, it's natural to have some level of differences, um, and uh, but the good thing about us is that we respect each other's feedback and suggestions. Mm. We sit down and discuss and take time to digest any concerns, and we usually speak about the issues with an open heart. Mm. So that that is um, what I feel that is something
1: that is really important. And Katie, yeah. for you, how do you oh, make that relationship fight. work?
2: We definitely fight, but uh, I yeah. think. We, we both have a, a even, I would say, an unspoken consensus that as long as with regards to the company, both of us are at 100% uh, with good intentions. So when there is um, disputes or disagreements, both of us will actually take a step back first. You know, sometimes she will just offer me a coffee and it's like her, her subtle way of, can we move on now, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll just take the coffee. I'm like, okay, then we will continue. At the end of the day, it's all about, being very focused that whatever we are doing or whatever we disagreed on was because for the better of the company.
1: Right, right. And speaking of the company, you are into your eighth year of business. You have seen 40% growth year on year. But let's face it, the last few years have been difficult for most business owners. And we're also seeing inflationary pressures still persisting, the possibility of a global recession. One would think customers would tighten their belts. But what is your outlook for the jewelry industry in the coming year or so? Genevieve? Well, this is the question that I have been discussing with Katie, and
0: she has actually a lot of insights on that. And in fact, I think Katie will be in a better position to
1: share. Okay, Katie, you can take over. You have my permission and Genevieve's permission. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. So with regards to the question it's um we because I'm in the sales front as well, I'm in the forefront. So based on how we see it, right, it's actually set to grow. Yes, over the past few years, especially in the two years, it's been really interesting because of the um the the what do COVID situation and whatnot. But uh we actually did well only because of one thing it's because we actually work very hard with the team we have a small team but we ask every one of them like what's your take what's your feel we do not just uh, to, the, to, the two of us just like spearhead the project or spearhead the, the business plans we actually ask our team and our team actually reply us with the most practical um suggestions because it's all the way down to the sales front From the sales front all the way to the CFO, so to Mm. speak. Mm. And then after that, we will readjust and discuss. And then we have actually gotten a very good formula to date. Uh, As for the future of it, I'm actually quite confident that the company will will be set to grow because we we are not just going to settle for Singapore, so to speak. We are actually in plans
1: to venture out of this tiny little island. I think we're pretty confident that Gen K is here to stay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate your time. Uh, That, of course, was Katie Yeo and Genevieve Yeo, both of them from Gen K Jewelry. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.